everyone, this is Dr. Tommy Mitchell from the Mental Health and Wellness Show. Today I have the pleasure of introducing Tanya Milano-Snell. She is a wife and mom of two. Growing up, she was the oldest of five and she knows what it's like to live up in a house of stress and chaos. She had huge dreams of building a calm and nurturing family for her own. As a trained teacher, she has read lots of child development and gentle parenting books. She found parenting young children wasn't as calm as she was dreaming about. She read even more to find the answers. However, faced with the death of first her mother-in-law and then both her parents, she found herself not sleeping well, fatigued, and very angry. This was acted out on her children, and then the guilt set in. Some serious changes needed to take place and one of them was leaving the teaching profession. Today she coaches mom just like her to find the OM in mom. Thank you Tanya for sharing. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah thank you. thank you for that introduction okay. and the OM in mom I just want to clarify that the word OM it has a big meaning to me that calmness and it's a Sanskrit word so for those that aren't listening I'll talk about that a bit more later. Yes, yes. Yeah. And what was your question? Yeah, just so they introduce yourself more in your own. Yeah. I'm Tanya Milano-Snell. I am currently a parent coach. I really, really enjoy yoga. I just started at 18 and kind of catapulted me into this area of self-development, mindfulness, self-identity, consciousness. And I thought I was going to raise little yogis when I became a mom. That's really important to me. Uh, but life experiences started happening that you can't foresee, right? You can't predict or control. And I learned a lot through those along the way. Yes, you definitely had your fair share of life experiences. Well, from childhood, you were the eldest of five siblings. That's five is a lot. That's a good sized family. How yeah. was that? Yeah, that, it was just like you mentioned, working class family. And my dad was kind of a entrepreneur, stonemason and, you know, wanted to go out on his own and create this business for himself. And mom was always trying to keep up with, well, we need a second income, but... It's very stressful having five kids and trying to do both mom and these side jobs all the time. My dad also struggled with alcoholism. So that was a really big part of my childhood. I didn't realize at the time. I just thought it was part of a normal family. I knew there was issues, but I didn't know the extent that it affected my child development and my self-identity and the way I relate to in relationships. We'll get perhaps the time limits. We'll get more of that. And then your mother, how did she cope with everything? Because I know life obviously wasn't easy for her. Yeah. As a female, like the oldest daughter, I became that self reliant, independent, kind of take care of everybody else and take care of mom. Like, well, I see you being treated this way. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with this treatment. And there were times where I became angry with her for not putting herself first, not taking care of herself. And she was always putting the kids before herself. And I saw her as putting my dad above everybody. Like, why? Why are you taking care of him when he's acting this way? Yeah, that's hard. That's a lot to process as a young child. I mean, young adolescent seeing that but I can see that you had the strength within you to tell yourself you know I want to have this calm nurturing family and our good intentions sometimes are their good intentions but let's face it having a family one synonym for family is chaos like little kids like it's busy yeah I didn't always know that I wanted to um, have a family so I saw the dysfunction right and I was like I don't want that in my life I don't know if I really want this responsibility of 
of this and I wanted to put myself first. I saw that, I saw from an early age that moms kind of lose themselves. That's what I define. Mom do, yes. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so I went into the career, going to be selfish for a while, going to do the college thing, going to travel the world. I don't need a relationship. I don't need kids. Kind of early adulthood. That's where I went with it. Yeah. But you can't really predict who you're going to meet and who you're going to fall in love with. And, mm -hmm. and kids always meant a lot to me. So I slowly figured out, like, I want kids in my life. I want to work with kids. I, they're important to me. Yeah. And you became a teacher. I did. Um, young kid. Yeah, I, I decided biology was my undergraduate degree. So I love nature, being outside, and wanted to do kind of like environmental education and, and work outside and, and I, I figured during those jobs I was like there's something more I really I'm always a digger like I gotta figure out how to teach you know and how to do this and, and I want to know more so that's when I went and got my master's in education and kind of decided to try the classroom for a while even though I knew it wasn't really for me and it just goes back to this struggle with figuring out my own self-identity through, you know, trying to please other people. Oh, I, I can change the system from within kind of thing. I'll, I'll go in the classroom and help people. So it was really, really tiring for me because, of course, I was giving and giving and giving and burnout. Lots of burnout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely can relate. That giving and giving. <laughs> burnout. True story. <laughs> now, one thing I, I noticed in your bio, which is unfortunate, you have a lot of losses early. You're still young. Your readers, the listeners... Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're not seeing her, but she's young. And I just you, my 40th. Yeah, 40th birthday. Yeah, you're young. And, you know, most people in their 40s still have their parents. Mm -hmm. And you lost both parents. And mm -hmm. your first, and then your mother-in-law was first, actually. How did that impact you as a woman, as a mother, as, yeah, how did that impact you? I just have to say, this this is the single most life-changing thing that has ever happened to me. My mother-in-law became ill with a terminal illness, and we had a six-month old when we figured out, well, we want to move. We lived in New York at the time and we decided we needed to be closer to her. She was living in Indiana. We're currently there now. We picked up and moved. It was my decision really that I knew that we needed to be close to her, not only for her, but for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, having an infant and not wanting to travel that much and she wasn't going to be able to travel. We moved right in with her. Had to kind of start over as a, as a young couple, a young family. And that in itself I thought was like our life change yeah and she passed away when my daughter was three yeah it just shaped our early marriage in a huge way in our parenting story and we were real excited after the grief of that we were really excited to get like going on what it is we want as a family now what is it that we want to develop we had our second boy our second child and then my mom became ill with cancer and it was just a flood of a whole bunch of what the hell mm -hmm. yeah I thought we were smooth sailing for a while yeah. And she went into uh, colon cancer. She went into what we thought was remission, but I feel like she was probably keeping a lot of the severity from us kids that mom guilt she didn't want that for us she wanted to protect us i think but when it came back 
she was hospitalized. We found out my dad was also sick with cancer. It was just, I can't even explain it because I went into um, survival mode. I'm the oldest. I'm, this is familiar. I got things to do. Like, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to take care of what needs to be taken care of. They lived in um, South Carolina at the time. We had to move them close with the family in Massachusetts. And I was in Indiana. I had a lot of traveling to do back and forth. I had two young children. We just really didn't know what to expect. In those moments, I know that what I need to do is be with family and I just do it. But they passed away within six months of each other. And on top of breastfeeding and wow. <laughs> having a five-year-old and a one-year-old, I really didn't know what was in store for me after they passed. Yeah, because... I was not really processing at all. <laughs> That's a lot. And you know what? I can relate to the three of Your kids are two years apart, right? They're actually four years apart. Four year, okay, four years apart. Okay, sorry, my math is off. But they're young, right? And that's a very, very busy stage just to process on its own. And then you add your mother-in-law. You moved like across multiple state lines to Indiana from New York, which that alone is a huge change in both states. Mm -hmm. And then within, what, three years? Well, what? How long? Three years? she passed when your daughter yeah. was three mm -hmm. then losing both parents in six months to cancer yeah two years later that's horrible yeah completely tragic seriously um, I didn't know like at the time like how just how much it was yeah, yeah. It, you know when you the, with the childhood I had uh, it was really valued to be strong and independent mm -hmm. and uh, that was just me strong and independent not very emotional didn't show a lot of emotions held it all together yeah. and I hit a wall really hard about a year after my dad died. He died second, six months after my mom. And I was like, oh, back into teaching, you know, I'm going to just keep going, right? My body did not let me. I was having aches and pains, not sleeping well, anxiety, of course, just a lot of stress showing up that I hadn't dealt with. Um, and I had to make a change. And on top of that, my husband got sick with an autoimmune disease. Oh my goodness. <laughs> neither one of us, I think, was actually dealing with the stress and processing along the way. And his showed up as Crohn's disease. Oh. And the day that he was coming home from the hospital was the actual day that I finally let loose. Mm. <laughs> all the emotion. Could not stop crying all day. It was like, because I that wasn't normal for me to cry, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought something was wrong with me, right? It was probably panic attacks and things, but it was just not ending. And I remember sitting on my bed and my kids are home and I'm like, somebody has got to get my husband. I can't do it. Why have I not asked for help? Why is this... Why, why, like, why do I not ask for support, right? Yeah. Someone can easily pick him up from the hospital. I have people I can call. Exactly. And why don't we ask for support? Why are so many of us reluctant to ask for support? Right. And I called one of my mom's best friends. Like you said, I didn't have anybody left. to my elders, right? Like, And I called her just sobbing. And she's known me since I was real young. I mean, she's known me since birth, actually. Yeah, of course. She would have been there like, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. From the beginning. Yeah, and it's just sobbing and just the realization that I can do that and I can be vulnerable and I can ask for support and there is nothing wrong with that. But it was a huge light bulb moment for me and it catapulted me into where I'm now, coaching parents. And I can imagine your mom's best friend who basically, you were the first child of your mother because you're the eldest, right? Yeah. And she had that grief too and just like you, but definitely different. I would think she would be honored to help you. Yeah, yeah, I believe she 
she was. Yeah, I really do. I, I believe you made her day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she was really supportive through my parents' illnesses. People show up just feeling like the amount of people that came out to help us through that was humbling. It was really humbling. It takes a community to get through something so tragic. Yes. Uh, and the sibling, like just having my siblings there. I can't even imagine going through this amount of grief without having siblings. Being the only child or being the last one left. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you just have to find those people that are going to be supportive. Yeah. There's so many resources out there if you don't have um, a community like that. You grief counseling and therapy and things like that. But it really does take other people to get you through. You cannot do it alone. Yeah. And for so many years. I wish I had known that earlier in my life. But at 40, I can only look at what it has taught me and the gratitude that I have for the life lessons that now I can bring forward and to support other people through things like this. Yeah. How did your loss really, how did it shape your parenting? Because, you know, with your kids, it came to the point early in their life where everyone's talking about going to grandma or grandpa's house. And I can imagine how that yeah. would have impacted you. You know, we had to have really hard conversations with a three-year-old. It's all she knew because we moved in with my mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, she knew her as being sick. She went through all the hospital visits. She was a little light at the end. She lit up everybody in the hospital. She'd do her songs and her dances. And mm. she remembers reading books with Nana. And we have lots of pictures. Of course, she was the first grandchild. So she was spoiled rotten. Yeah. <laughs> After my mother-in-law passed away, of course, I go to that mode of like, oh, I got to figure this out. Like, how do you do grief with a three-year-old, right? We have books. We are getting all these resources. And it really just came down to authentic conversation and being curious with my kids like what do you want to know right like I don't have the answers the book doesn't have the answers they need to have the opportunity to ask their own questions and, and figure out where they are at and that's part of my conscious parenting conscious um, as a conscious teacher too like I wanted my students to ask me questions I wanted to figure out where they were at not open their minds and put information in for them well we need to have rituals and traditions to honor them right yeah. it's not very common in our culture or some cultures have rituals and, and traditions they do to honor the deceased but in mine wouldn't have certain things we did and so it's like how do I as a family come up with what we're gonna do you know trying to figure that out like do we celebrate their birthday do we honor them on a certain holiday things like that and really taking my kids leads though like what do they remember what do they want to what do they want to do too. That's beautiful. I like that. Even though they're young, you're bringing them into the conversation, letting them share their thoughts, grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. You think maybe every year could be different because this is still so fresh. Like how many years, what's the timeline just of these? So it's been four years. My mom passed away in a July. She was just shy of her 60th birthday. Yeah. And so it's been four years since she passed away. We're coming up on four years of my dad's in January. And so there are times where I don't realize I, a lot of my parent working with triggers, emotional triggers in your parenting. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of times where I, I often forget, like, oh, this time was really hard for me. And it will come out in my behavior before I even realize what's going on for me and coming up 
on the holidays that can happen quite often. But my mom loves Thanksgiving, so she made huge feasts. So this week is going to be really big for me, trying to honor some of the recipes that she made. And I can't even remember the original question you just asked. We talk about the anniversary of how long it's been. Um, But for some reason, it it triggered me in here. Oh, that's cool. This is a (laughs) free-flowing conversation, not yeah, you're, you know, there's a reason I put this episode around the holiday because it just launched in November. It's because I feel, and I've been guilty of this, not always remembering those who've lost their loved ones, mm-hmm. right? Especially in the first years when they're dealing with first Christmases without them, New Year's and birthdays. That's hard. And yeah. they need to be remembered that this celebration is not just for those who are here. It's also a celebration of life and remembering the pain that they're still left with. I tell my listeners, I believe grief is a reflection of love. And sometimes that grief can be reminded every day, especially when there's those special days. It could be even a song on the radio that you hear or a scent that remore recipe, you know, that reminds you of your loved one. And I'm fortunate to have both my parents and I couldn't imagine, well, there a lot losing them. And I've been close to losing my second child, like life and death. And that was, that was hell. I couldn't imagine having that loss on a consistent daily basis what I consider being mature right mm-hmm. you know yeah. 60, 60 years old is not old like yeah. if someone passes like 85 I'm not saying that's any easier or like older then it's like okay they've kind of reached the average life expectancy and depending on the country it's sad but at least they've lived and seen and seen the grandkids walk down the aisle or hold the great grandkids that's different but so young it's hard and then also compound in the space between the deaths your, your mom and dad within six months yeah yeah like i said it, it, i didn't fully comprehend yeah i haven't been diagnosed with ptsd or anything but it just comes out right mm-hmm. like the stress will just come out when you least expect it and that's because of the amount of trauma that i went through from um, childhood to then uh, yeah and um the processing like you said there are the love and the grief like i was lucky enough to have really loving parents despite whatever limitations they had I have great memories that I can use and call upon when I need them mm. and I also know that I can process the anger too right like there are gonna be sadness anger like all the emotions that I used to think were not acceptable. I feel really lucky that this has actually given me the opportunity to feel all of these and to, and therefore allow my children space to feel all of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just can't express. I mean, of course, I'm angry and pissed off. And why did this happen so young? And woe is me. I, I'm like, not gonna have my kids aren't gonna have those experiences that other kids get. I just have to constantly process like I did not do back then give myself it's just gonna be my life right like I have to keep processing if I want my children to grow up without the same stress and trauma um, the generational stuff that I dealt with yeah that's the good point of generation trauma and you know what it's gonna end in your family like it's it it ended in your childhood your kids have a brand new chapter new everything in your kids I'm gonna claim that for your life and <laughs> you will find people in your world who will serve us serve it 
grandparents. I, I truly, truly believe in that. I'm, you know, whether it's your mom's friend or somebody, there are older folks who didn't have grandkids or their grandkids are far away that are just going to mesh to your family. And you might even know who they are. You just have a come to terms with it. It is okay. Yeah, that's and beautiful. You, yeah, right? the gaps get filled in. Yeah. yeah. And this time, grow your family by choice. Pick your family member, right? You don't get to pick who your parents are. You don't get to pick your siblings. But these bonus parents, these bonus people in your children's life, like, embrace it. Yeah, yeah, embrace it. And even for you as a grown woman, like a mother figure, yeah. right? Yeah. And my coaching program, Pure Joy Parent Coaching, Leslie Potter's the founder. She has really been that for me. Um, she's Good. really become a huge mentor. Good. Just that mama, you know, in your ear that you need once in a while. Yes. yes. And that's what I hope to do with my coaching as well, is really support other moms that need. I mean, even if you have your mom still, you still need some other perspective right 100%. When, you're, when you're parenting because of some of the things that you're still going through from your own childhood or the conditioning type of parent you don't want to be right yeah so having that and looking for it like you said just welcoming it into your life for sure definitely. especially during the holidays yeah mm-hmm. definitely and those people like those listeners parenting this mentor doesn't need to be like blood relatives i've had mother figures in my life that are not my like look nothing like me they're not my biological anything but it's that role they play that is undeniable yeah that's what matters and, and my friends i mean we're we're grown you know you have your friends that you want your kids to grow up with their yeah. kids and just that's kind of been my role is I bring my friends together. We have Friendsgiving. We have like New Year's Eve party. You know, I can create my own new traditions, right? That mean something to me. And these are my kids' memories. Like they don't really know what they're missing unless they're told. Yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, you know what? As they get older and then they hear people talking about, you know, like grandpa took them fishing or this one took them theater. Your kids will have memories of this person and doing this for them and filling those gaps so hopefully they don't feel the same level of pain and they've not had those people in their life plus they have memories as in you talk about your parents you have pictures you share you mm-hmm. honor them yeah. consciously parent as you talk about right wow this is beautiful i want my listeners to really know how to get a hold of because there are many grown adults in this position with they lost parents yeah at an early age and it's hard so do you mind sharing your contact Yes, sure. And also, I'm launching a program because this is really what I do is create communities. So I'm creating a conscious parenting community. It's about to launch. And I am so excited about it. Because I want to connect parents that want to parent together, right? And so that's going to be on my website as well. Awesome. Um, It's called Ohm in the Home. (laughs) I think you might have mentioned it in my bio. But um, my website is www.tanyamilano.com. I have a Facebook support group, Reactive to Relaxed Self-Care Without the Guilt where I go into a lot of mindfulness activities and yeah, things like that, that tools and strategies basically on emotional regulation. Anybody can email me hello at tanyamilano.com just to reach out to me. I do, like you said, I can support parents through hardship or just through behavior management, you know, things that are triggering them if they've had a, a really traumatic experience in their life and they need some support uh, because just parenting is hard enough. <laughs> Yes, it is. And I'm also on Instagram, finding Ohm in Mom. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Tanya, this was a great talk. 
um, very timely. Thank you for sharing so openly. I'm sorry about your losses because it's a lot. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's hard to put my head around it, but Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway, thank you so much. So to listeners, thanks for sharing this past half hour with us today. And feel free to check out the show notes at the bottom. And just remember those you know in your world who have lost loved ones. Or perhaps you know someone who is reluctant to receive help, but you know they need help. Feel free to just reach out to them. You might be amazed. They may actually one day take your help with open arms. Till next time, this is Dr. Mitchell at the Mental Health and Wellness Show.